Not one of those sons of bitches called me <laughs> when they got the new gig. I was hanging on for dear life. And now it's time for FinCast. Boom, shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Finneran is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Finneran who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, Falcons fans, you are tuned into FinCast, and mercifully, the Falcons season is over. In what might be the worst, most miserable Falcons season for me personally as a fan to date, wow. Brian Finneran, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you doing, Tyler? Good. Oh, and of course, I can't forget Joe Virgin, up, our Joe? producer behind the glass over here. Hello, fellas. Um, and what a whirlwind couple days. So Falcons get blown out in New Orleans, which is just the worst place of all Places get blown out. And the worst loss to the Saints. Most points ever given up to the Saints. Aye, and God. on a Bush League bullshit play at the end of the game. Yes. We interviewed Grady Jarrett today yeah. uh, in the locker room. Uh huh. And when I tell you he will not soon forget what happened at the end of that game, <laughs> when Jameis Winston comes in, he's told by his head coach to go to victory formation, mm-hmm. which signifies the end of a game mm-hmm. where the offense literally gets in a formation where – Quarterbacks under center, two running backs right behind him, and a wide receiver is behind him just in case they fumble the snap or something. And you take the snap and you take a knee. Yep. And you let the clock run out. Yep. What Jameis Winston and that offense decided to do was give Jamal Williams a touchdown. Jamal Williams yeah, was, the yes. ball uh, and rush it in for a touchdown because that poor sap didn't couldn't score a touchdown in the 104 snaps he took right. all season long. So really bad look, really bad job. By Jameis Winston, the entire offense, Jamal Williams, and anybody else that was associated with that decision. And Arthur Smith, in his last uh, visible act as head coach of the Falcons, comes across the field screaming at Dennis Allen. MFing Dennis yeah. Allen from across the field, but, which was a bad look as and, well. And, you know, Dennis Allen didn't have a chance to explain it, correct? Exactly. Tell him what was going on. And l- later to the press comments that Arthur Smith had the right to be mad. Yeah. Which he so. did. But just what a, a yeah, salt perfect, in the wound. Perfect ending to a. Really bad football season, unfortunately. Yeah, so much to talk about, and I guess that it wasn't just another losing season. Three straight seasons of 7-10 and 10 under Arthur Smith, but then at midnight o'clock, at, on Black Monday, two minutes or three minutes into 12 Black Monday. 12.02. 12.02, the alert comes across that the Falcons have parted ways with Arthur Smith. Had to happen, right? Uh, it did have to happen, but I, have you ever seen it be that Listen, at that time of night or time of morning? or They got back from their trip. They met with Arthur. They met with Terry Fontenot. They met with Rich McKay and Arthur Blink, and they made that decision and decided to make it public when everybody was sleeping, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, they probably talked about it for hours and knew it was coming, Yeah, but made it public after that. So it had to happen. The offense was inept. He was hired because his offense in Tennessee was number one in the world in red zone efficiency. And it was the opposite here. And it was... About the exact opposite here. Yeah. And you counted on Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter and Tyler, Taylor Heineke, for that matter, carrying your offense mm-hmm. to the promised land, and they couldn't do it. And there's other things that went into this as well. You can't lose, as Arthur Blank said yesterday in the press conference, they lost to some bad teams. Yep. They lost to some really bad football teams, Carolina and Washington, to mention a few, and you can't do that. Not with the losing seasons we had already. Seven and ten, seven Vikings, and ten. Cardinals. Another seven and ten season. Three losing seasons in a row. 
Vikings, Cardinals, Washington Commanders, and Carolina. You cannot yep. lose those games to those football teams and expect to keep your job when you already had two losing seasons in a row. And during the press conference yesterday, there's a lot of things to touch on. I, I mean, wow. There's, there was a lot, to, a lot to take away from the press conference yesterday and a lot that was surprising, a lot that wasn't surprising. And what was your main takeaway when Rich McKay and Arthur Smith addressed the media yesterday? There were some good questions, and uh, there was not many answers, but I think that there was a lot of things to divine off of how and what they said beyond just their answers. I think, first and foremost, the, what do you call it, hierarchy in the building became fairly evident Yes, that both the head coach and the general manager report to Rich McKay. Yes. And then he will relay that information to Arthur Blank. So it was strange in that sense that the head coach doesn't report to the general manager who reports to CEO Rich That McKay. was my main takeaway, too. And yeah. that's just seem, that seems so weird to me. And I've never been in a building like that. I've never played. When you were playing for the Falcons, was that the way it was? It's a good question. Because you played under two different owners, I had too. Three, two different owners, three different GMs, and four different head coaches in my career in Atlanta. And the only time I think it was so, somewhat like that was my last three years with Mike Smith and Thomas Dimitrov, where both guys were hired separately, and the general manager did not, did not hire that coach. head coach. So other than that, I think the GM hired the coach. Yeah. So a little bit, I guess, and it's it was, it was which always, was the reason because once Mike Smith was let go, then Thomas Dimitrov was still on. Still yeah, he on was. In Thomas Dimitrov's case, there he said that most general managers in the NFL get two head coaching hires. Right. So I don't know what that means for Terry Fontenot because he has zero so far, <laughs> and apparently he's not going to hire this one either. Yeah, it, it's it, really strange. And the fact he wasn't in the building even, and they were like, "Oh, he's got," you know. I thought what they were saying was it seemed genuine how much i believe it i don't know but they were saying that look we can't all be everywhere at once and there's a lot going on today with with the changing of the guards and everything he's mm-hmm. back at flowery branch handling a lot of stuff and that makes a lot of sense to me but as a few people pointed out both yesterday on and chuck and Chernoff and this morning was do you not even if that's completely true and you 100 percent intend to retain him don't you understand the optics of that what that looks like right it, it it looks like why why should he even we take anything Terry Fontenot says or does take take it seriously? Uh, I know. And then what does that say to a head coach coming in? And we'll get to this on the next coach. But what does that say to them? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I think it's a shame for Terry Fontenot. I, I hope that he has a big say in the next head coach hire because they have to work hand in hand to build a football team together right. to get the right players in the right positions. Get the right free agents yeah. to build a defense and an offense. So I, I'd like to think that it's not exactly how we kind of foresee it happening because of what we heard yesterday. And I'd like to think that Terry Fonno has a little more power than what was what was um, alluded to in the press conference yesterday. With a little more light shed on the management system, to pick one person to who to blame over the past three seasons, do you pick Arthur Smith? Do you pick QB? Do you pick... Arthur Blank, do you, who do you pick? Yeah, for me, it's Arthur Smith. I think yeah, the right guy yeah. was let go. Uh, I think when you come in yeah. uh, and you go tight end, who's not really a tight end, he's like a receiver, then wide receiver at number eight. So tight end four, wide receiver eight, running back eight. So you picked offensive weapons, and then you've chosen Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter to run your offense. And it looks the way that it looks. And then not to mention B. John Robinson. So yeah. for three straight years in your top ten draft pick, you pick offensive skill positions. Exactly. And so I think they, and they're and they're barely them. featured. Uh, yeah, um, we had that conversation during the season with Bijan not mm-hmm. getting the rock enough, mm-hmm. and then 
the tight end not getting. I think the tight end was hurt all year, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something about that uh, in the next few weeks. Right. The, the wide receiver was decent. He had 69 catches. I think he had 70 some last year. So he's a nice football player. I don't think he's a legit number one, but he's a really good wide receiver. So yeah, that's not. I'm not, I'm not even knocking the skill yeah. of the three of them, which you could have conversations about. But I just mean to say that like you go that way in three straight years and don't have a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with Finn. That's where the the for the past three years the mm-hmm. problem lies. So going back to that question of this strange hierarchy, hierarchy, right, within the Falcons organization, and we've only seen first-time head coaches since Arthur Blank has been the owner. Right. We will now have some very interesting names that have been tossed around, Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, yep. and those two would, are yep. not obviously first-time head coaches. And Rich McKay's answer yesterday is about, I'm paraphrasing whoever asked the question, was, We've only seen first-time head coaches. Do you immediately eliminate ones? He said, no, 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 of course not. If you know you go the right direction at the end of the day, but if, you know you keep all your options open. I believe that. Yeah. But how does someone like Bill Belichick and even to some extent Jim Harbaugh, who has a pedigree of coaching, look at what could at v- certainly be argued dysfunction within the Falcons organization and at very least be argued a less than traditional management style and how do they digest that if let's say you know for argument's sake that those are just great answers for the falcons and we want either of them right how do they digest that and go do i want this job do these are the people i want to work for um i heard steve weish who works with nfl network mm-hmm. and used to be here in atlanta covering yeah. the falcons yep AJC and he was stuff. on with chuck and Chernoff yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon and he talked about this job opening being one of the top three that are going to be open this offseason. Okay. So I think people out there respect the job. They respect Arthur Blank as an owner. Arthur may not have been successful in hiring a handful of coaches, but he also got to a Super Bowl. He also got five winning seasons in a row with uh, Mike Smith and that hire. Um, You changed what this organization was about. Now, the last six years, you're kind of back to square one, unfortunately. Yeah. So the next coach has an opportunity to get you back to where you were with Smitty and um, get you back on that winning winning track with the right people in place, finding your quarterback. You can pick your own quarterback, right? You can go Justin Fields' route and try to go for a trade, bring in a veteran free agent and draft a young kid, let him sit, draft a young kid and let him play right away. So the new coach has some things at his fingertips. you got a defense that's been rebuilt. you got some weapons and offense we just talked about. All right. I think it's a sexy job opportunity for some people. But the roster is definitely better than the performance was this year. No question. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and so you're right. That make, That's a very so good point. It makes me think, you bring in a defensive-minded guy where we've had the most success and an offensive coordinator that can do some of the offense. Or you bring in a young, up-and-coming offensive guy. I think it's Bobby Slowick. Mm-hmm. Um, who was from that Shanahan tree. Texans offensive coordinator. Yes. Thank you very much, who just is on his way to the postseason with a rookie quarterback, by the way, and a rookie head coach, so he's been there and understands what that's all about. Or in offensive new names, that a name we know, Todd Munkin. Yeah, Todd Munkin uh, who's in Baltimore. At, uh-huh, at Baltimore, but formerly at Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Frank older. Smith, offensive coordinator from the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new. That one scares me because Mike McDaniels is – Calling all the plays down there. Yes, uh, uh, Ben look- Johnson in Detroit is That's intriguing because he's calling plays yes. legitimately. I'm looking at uh, the odds for the Falcons next head all coach. All right, give them to me. They have Frank Smith plus three fifty mm-hmm. as the favorite. So that's a Miami OC. Mm-hmm. Then Eric Bieniemy, Commanders offensive coordinator, was okay, with so the Chiefs for, for nine l- years for the longest time. So, but his name every year for a decade has been thrown around, right? As yes. a why is there has to be some rotten apple situation there. Uh, Got some past think, you have to Yeah, explain. I think for the longest time, 
he was underneath Andy Reid. And a lot of people, I think, maybe it was portrayed this way or maybe it's real, didn't think he was calling the plays. So he had the offense coordinator title. Right. But Andy Reid was calling the plays for the first four or five years he was in. He was up there. And then the last few years, he started calling the plays, and, and that was gotcha. obvious. Um, now he got his own gig where there's no question he's calling the plays in Washington. Right. And they shit the bed. Uh, but they didn't have a great team, right? Uh, new ownership and everything else. So that, yeah, he's I a just, guy. They passed guy. for a whole lot of yards, though. Yeah, they did. You're exactly right. And I don't think he interviews well. That's that one of the it. conversations that was t- taking place the last few years about Biennemi. I wouldn't mind Biennemi. Frank Smith, is that what you said? From from Frank Smith, from number, Miami. One, um, no, number one betting odd favorite. Makes uh, me nervous. For the reason Munkin, you just said. Yeah, Munkin is interesting as well, so... I don't know. I just want a guy in here that can change the culture a little bit. Here's what I want. A guy that can get in front of a microphone and talk to the fan base and people and media like a real person. Yes. Okay, not be arrogant, not talk to us like we're dummies, not be a curmudgeon. So So you want Bill Belichick? No, I do not want Bill <laughs> Belichick either. At he's, all. He's the third favorite. <laughs> yeah. See, and here's the— here's, I, I don't see that. He's going to the Chargers. But it's like I keep hearing on 680, multiple people have said it, when the Braves make a trade or do something, you ne- you never saw it coming. There's no leaks. Right. Multiple sources have said the Falcons are interested in Bill Belichick because of course they are because Arthur Smith has been obsessed with the Patriots. Arthur Blank has been obsessed with the Patriots way for so long. That's why he hired Thomas Dimitrov originally. We want that high-flying, high-powered offense, right, with Julio Jones and stuff. But I, I just – there's a – Feeling in the back of my gut that says that's what's going to happen, and it's going to be awful. What do you think? Um, Why don't you want Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick has done nothing since Tom Brady left. Mm -hmm. He's old. He is set in his ways. He is a curmudgeon. Yep. And was on the other side of the worst loss in the history of the franchise. So what the hell you want? What else do you need? Yep. Yep. I don't think he wants this job because he wants total control. Yeah. And you're not going to get that with the Falcons. No. What, uh, what do you think about Jim Harbaugh? Uh, I don't mind Jim. I thought he did a great job in San Francisco yep. when he was there. I, I have visions of a Jim Harbaugh-Justin Fields marriage here in Atlanta. That would be that interesting. That could be kind of fun uh, with the things he did with Colin Kaepernick. Right. With three straight NFC title games. Yep. So And two Super Bowl appearances, right? Was it two or one? I know one against there was his brother. One, there was the Harbaugh Bowl, right, where the Ravens won, and mm-hmm. there was one against uh, Seattle, right? Just one? No, not just Seattle. One. Because okay. Seattle's I thought it was against Denver. There you go. Okay, uh, for some reason I thought that I remember a, a Baltimore, yeah. It was Baltimore. It was just Baltimore. Okay, it was just yeah. the Baltimore. It was like brothers. My yeah. brother. And was that Joe Flacco quarterback back then? Of course was back, in the, back in the playoffs again. Brother's got a hug. <laughs> Mr. Elite. Uh so if you you mentioned one of the options for that way they could go at quarterback is sign a veteran uh, free veteran agent. Free agent. Who do we have in the veteran free agent market? Uh it's a good question. Kirk Cousins jumps out of me right away. And was Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill is another guy, but no thank you. Yeah, so no thank Cousins you. Cousins was the one that jumped out right away. But in, in all, I'd rather get this thing started. Yes. Get this party started. Either trading for Justin Fields, which is not my number one deal, or finding a guy in the draft that can come and play. All right, right to away. that then. We'll be drafting. It's not set, right? Or is number it? Eight, yes, it is, number eight, yes. It's set number eight. So we'll be drafting number eight. I have seen ones that had it as us at eight drafting Michael Penix Jr., and I'd be fine with that. Uh, what do you think? What would you do? You've got all the decisions and stuff in your in the palm of your hand. You're the owner, GM, all of it, Finn. What would you do this year? You need a quarterback, so you either got to move up a couple spots and get a guy you like. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Daniels right now is slotted at number three to the Patriots. Drake May at number two to the Commanders. 
and Caleb Williams to the Bears, who have Carolina's first pick overall and the ninth pick overall. So right. uh, what would I do? Yes. Um, Michael Penix is falling to you right now at number eight. I don't know if I like that move. He's a talented, talented kid. Yes, but you're worried about injury. I'm worried about injury. Worried about what I saw last night in the national title game. Right. When he looked uncomfortable and got bothered a lot and banged up again. But listen, this is the whole thing's a crapshoot, dude. <laughs> Let them do their stuff, figure it out. The first three guys off the board, if you want one of those guys in Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, and you want to go get them, or they fall to you somehow, some way, I would There's not There's no be, way those uh, three are falling all the no, way to eight. So you're going to have to trade up to at least number three. I right? believe so, yes. So that's all, you're going to have to give away a lot. Uh, yeah, especially for quarterbacks. You're talking about your first round, swapping first round picks this year, giving up your first round or next year, and maybe a second, and maybe something else after that. Plus Kyle Pitts. I've done Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, <laughs> throw him in the mix. I would happily throw in Kyle Pitts but instead listen, of Listen, be gone. <laughs> listen, I, I, I don't hate Kyle Pitts. I don't either. but he, I don't love no. what he did this year. Uh, I don't love the system they tried to put him in. Matt Ryan got the kid a 1,000 yards his rookie year. Yes, so he's Matt capable. Ryan did. A right. should-be Hall of Famer Matt Ryan did. Right. Uh, and we don't have anything proven. Even if we if we get one of these four guys and they're fantastic, they're still not a right. seasoned yeah. Hall of Fame veteran. Should-be Hall of Famer Matt Ryan. Right. But the point is, is Matt Ryan was, in Tom Brady, of course, is the penultimate example of this, is a quarterback who makes the people around him better. No right? doubt. No doubt. All those Super Bowl championships that Tom Brady got, those were not because of great wide receivers. Those were because of good to good. Very good wide receivers that Tom Brady made good. That's what a great quarterback does, right? You don't need yes. you, you don't need yeah. a, a, a weapon like Kyle Pitts even at his best. So I'm fine. Plus, so you hell, got him we use Jonu Smith more this year anyway. That is true. So you got <laughs> Kyle Pitts on the trade block. Hell yeah, trade bait. Hell yes, interesting. Hell yes, still still in his rookie contract. Oh my god. And uh, so after first this round, season, yeah. you have to pick up his fifth year option this off season before March 17th or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you do it? Tight end. Listen, you got one yes. more year with him, and a very nice deal. And then the fifth year would be like ten million, yeah. as opposed to a receiver who's like eighteen, seventeen, or 18. as long as he doesn't show any regression from this year, then yes, I would pick it up. All right. Yeah. He's it, look. Yeah, I, I don't pick hate it up him, too, but after that, I'm done. I'm not I, giving him long term. I don't think. Unless yeah, no. he goes crazy in the next two. Unless years. he goes crazy. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. And but I just think he was Vic Beasley 2.0. Hmm. It's good. All the town in the world maybe just doesn't love the game. Maybe. Maybe he was hurt. Do not. Maybe he was, maybe hurt. was hurt. And I'm, that's what I'm saying. Maybe. I'm I think he's hurt. Dispersion, I, I'm going but. with hurt and uh, come back next year and be better. Okay. So, any I don't know. Any final thoughts? Any? I, I just you know I'm I'm um, a little I'm a little exhausted. Me too. I want to trade for Justin Fields. We won't have to give up our first round pick. Maybe a first round pick next year, but a second round pick. No, I think and I've a heard third second round pick. Or third round picks. Second and third round pick. We pick up one of the good offensive tackles, either Joe Alt, hopefully Fashunu or J.C. Latham. Boost up our line a little bit. It's really good. We have the weapons. We need a coach. Well, to Finn's point, we're not that far off no. from being. We, I mean, we we're should not. have won this division this year. Justin Fields would Even come with in and make this record. team a ten-win team. By the way, yes, home team was on my show with me in the locker room. Yep. Six eighty, the fan. He said he went through some of uh, Justin Fields' numbers. Mm-hmm. They are they are disturbing, to say the least. In what sense? In the sense that he disrespects the hell out of the football. Oh, yeah. 40, f- 38 fumbles. Oh, my God. In his career so far. Ooh. I'll get the exact number here in just a second. What was that? Ooh, Joe. That's tough. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care. He's a homer. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be real. 
He's fun to watch. I love watching Bears watch. games. He is fun to watch. That's true. Justin Fields would put my ass in a seat. Yeah, at Mercedes yeah. Benz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You're right. He's a he's a fun he's a fun player. And yeah, I don't look like the way at what you're DJ talking. Moore. He's got a brand. Look at what DJ Moore did this year. He put up great numbers. Yeah. Imagine that as Drake London. Yeah. <gasps> Fantastic. It is could DJ be fun. Moore, is DJ Moore Here a better receiver? Three seasons. I think they're about the same level. Yeah. DJ Moore is a nice player. Yeah. I know what I'm really. saying. Is he better than Drake London? Maybe. Uh, yeah, slightly. As Twelve games his rookie year. Fifteen games last year. Thirteen games this year. So, right, so he's never even played a full season. Thank you very much. So you have that. 40 total touchdowns passing, 30 interceptions, Ooh. and 16 fumbles. Oof. Growing pains. Fumbles. Yeah. Growing pains. Growing, growing pains. pains. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's concerning. So anyway, I like him. He's a sick athlete. You need the right coaching, the right players around him, who knows? And, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh might be, as to your point, I think Jim Harbaugh might be, would be a perfect head coach for Justin Fields. So, I don't know. I like that idea. All right. Well, the Falcon season is over, mercifully. mercifully yep. And a whole, ch- a whole change of Listen, everything and just uh, a lot. Well, right. again, it's sad because you have to fire somebody. And uh, Listen, it was funny. We were talking to Grady Jarrett today, and he, uh, and he was talking about how the coaches – He's gone. This will be his the next coach will be his third, I believe. Yeah. So when Dan Quinn came in, they called Grady and said, Hey Grady, I'm excited to work with you. Blah, 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 blah. Arthur Smith comes in, calls Grady Jarrett. Hey Grady, I'm Arthur Smith. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Let's get started and see if we can't do something. So he got calls from all the head coaches and and I was like, Listen, I've been through three general managers, two owners, four head coaches. And not one of those sons of bitches called me <laughs> when they got the new gig. I was hanging on for dear life every single time, dude. It is one of the most terrifying things when you get a new head coach because it's a new boss You're right? Yeah. who does things differently and expects things done a certain right. way and wants a certain type of player. I was fortunate enough and good enough, I guess, to impress all those coaches and GMs that I got to stick around through 11 years with the Falcons. <laughs> not, not one of those bastards called me, I can promise you that. So, But it was because I was able to play special teams, inside slot, outside receiver, Z, X. I could line up in the backfield. I could line up as a tight end. I was a punt returner. I was a backup kicker. I learned how to long snap. Whatever the hell I could do to stay on this football team, you I learned did. learned how long sure snap? I did. Absolutely. Man, Derek Rackley taught me how to long snap. The so, human Swiss Army knife here. So you're telling me Scotty Miller's shaking in his boots right now. He's shaking <laughs> in his boots. There's no question about it. <laughs> All right, so. y'all. Well, we'll see what the offseason brings for FinCast. We'll try and do some fun, cool stuff in the offseason, uh, and then maybe next week we'll come back and talk about a, a playoff picture and see what we got there. And then until... I guess yeah, listen, the, uh, yeah, appreciate got, well, you guys. It was a short stint for Joe, but glad to have you on yeah. board. It's fun to work with you. And then, Welcome Tyler, to appreciate you um, running the Always. show here and, and leading the podcast and another successful year for Scan Energy and FinCast and looking for sure. forward to doing it again. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this season of Fin or this, I guess, official season of FinCast, this Falcons yeah, season of FinCast. Right. And we'll see you next week and uh, for a different conversation. Till then, go Falcons. Rise up. There it is. Chasing phantoms in a rolling box of steel that beat each other for control of the wheel. Satan rides the waves of anger. Thank you for tuning in to FinCast. FinCast is brought to you by Scanna Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran and co-hosted by Tyler Nelson. Executive produced by Joe Virgin. FinCast is hosted by 680thefanandthepodcastpark.com. and You can find FinCast wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening and closing credit song by Atlanta band Gringo Star and their song, I Will Not Follow. We'll see you next week on FinCast. Appreciate you, dog. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 